Want to know what's coming up on today's episode? Here's a preview. Okay. And then she pulls this thing out of her pocket. Oh, I thought I had it still sitting here. But there are these solace cards that she developed and made this beautiful packet. And it's made for parents of, it pertains to any parent who's lost a child. So she she's like, I said, well, did you know I was going to be here today? And she said, no. Beautiful souls, do you have a prayer request or want us to send you healing energy today? Would you like us to be praying for your friend or loved one? If this is you, go to worldslargestprayernetwork.com to submit your prayer request. And while you're there, please sign up to join our team of prayer warriors. The angels say prayer not only opens you to miracles, raises your vibration, and helps you heal, but the more you pray, the more God's presence is felt on earth. Feel your angels' love as they surround you right now, and listen for the positive, loving messages your angels intended specifically for you in today's episode. Hello, beautiful souls. Welcome back to the Angels and Awakening podcast. I'm your host and author, Julie Jancis. And friends, today we have on a special guest. Her name is Holly, and she has a bunch of angel stories to share. Holly, I'm so excited to have you here. Thank you so much for having me. Of course, of course. So I'm going to have you take it away and share your first story. Okay. So our daughter died in the summer of 2021. And, um, I just didn't know how I was going to go on living. I really, this is like the worst nightmare, the worst thing that can happen to a person. But we trudged forward. We're trying to find healing and peace ever since. So I was looking for answers because I just, I wanted to know that she was okay. So friends and family gave us a lot of books, you know, resources and whatnot, uh, shared their stories. And the one that kind of hit me first was, our daughter had a best friend and she died in the February of 2020, right before COVID. And that's kind of when our daughter started to spiral downward real far. She had been struggling with alcohol issues and was up and down for several years. And then she started using harder drugs and she was just devastated by this loss and looking for a way to get rid of her grief and her anxiety and started using harder drugs. And anyway, she, be, she was very, very close with her friend's mother. Her friend's mother was named Michelle. And Michelle, I couldn't know, understand how she could even go on, but she was in contact with my daughter a lot during those first weeks after her daughter had died. And she sent me a book right after Catherine died. And it was the, the thing that really opened things up for me. It was called Imagine Heaven by John Burke. And he talks about all kinds of near-death experiences. He got into this um, after, during his own father's illness and, and passing, um, he started reading Raymond Moody, who's the first one who really started writing about near-death experiences. And John Burke, who wrote Imagine Heaven, was an engineer, and he was very black and white. And he suddenly became very interested in the spirituality and he became a pastor and he started relating all these stories that he heard from these near-death experiences to the scriptures and how it was just uncanny on how many 
things that these people who had these NDEs had in common, you know, didn't matter your age, your gender, your religion, your anything about you, your female, female, whatever. Um, they were all had a, a, a thread that ran through them that were similar. And so he studied this and this book really sort of turned me around. It kind of went, wow, that kind of shows me that, you know, there is life after after you're gone or there's you still exist and i needed to know that because you lose somebody and you you know you you're raised many of us are raised to believe yes this this is our faith we believe in life after death um god is there we've heard this but you want proof kind of and you want validation and so that led me to other books and other things and just learning those stories about these people I thought it can't just be done because you don't want to think of your loved one as just poof being gone I couldn't handle that I needed to know she was okay so this Michelle who gave me the book as Abigail's mom that was Catherine's friend she was the first person who called me after Catherine's death also and about two months before my daughter died, she had said to me, Mom, do you remember Michelle? I said, of course I do. How could I, how could I forget? You know, how can a mother go? She said, well, I gave her your number because I think she might want to call you sometime. So the day after Catherine died, the first person who called me was Michelle. And it was like Catherine must have known that I was going to need her someday. That's kind of what I felt. So anyway, I, uh, these books... Then there was a, oh gosh, these wonderful documentaries on YouTube. I don't know if you've ever seen any of Anthony Sheen's work, C-H-E-N-E. -E. It's on YouTube. He does these fabulous documentaries on um, near-death experiences. And I've, I bet I've watched every single one of them. They're beautifully done. The stories are so uplifting and just so, so that got me really interested. And then there's this church out in the country. I live up in, you know, Northeast Wisconsin. In Door County, and there's this country church called the White Star, and it's I, I remember my mother telling me about this church when I was a kid, and how it was like a it's like a spiritual like metaphysical kind of a thing, and I was always real curious about it. Well, something drew me. I said I need to go. I need to go to this place. So I went to this place, and I knew that the female pastor. Uh, if you wanted to stay after the sermon, you could, and she would maybe do like a little mini reading. And I thought, you know, it's kind of chicken because, you know, because what if nothing happened? And I was like, what if I'm disappointed? But I just knew I had to do it. So I went and, and I listened to the sermon and everything. And then a few of us stuck around afterward and she went around and I was listening to what she said to other people. And then she got to me and she asked me a few questions. I probably told her a little bit more than I had wanted to, but I, I told her some things. And then she said, well, you know, your daughter's not far away. She said, she's right there. She loves you. And she said, she's the one that brought you here. And I said, okay. And she said, I want you to do this. And she said other things also. She, she said something to the effect of, did you have a falling out? And I said, well, kind of sometimes when, when she would use and, and, you know, we would just be so devastated and she would be devastated and whatever, whatever. But she said, you know, she, none of this, she wants you to know none of this was your fault. And I, I said, okay. And then she went on to say, this is what I want you to do. She said, I wish I had a copy of the book here. 
but I don't. But I want you to go to Amazon.com and I want you to order the book Angels and Awakenings. And I said, okay. And she said, I think you're really going to find some answers there. I said, I'll do it. Came right home, ordered the book, started listening to your podcast. And I'm like hooked because it was just what I needed. It was more validation that this is out there. Gosh. So then, so Anthony Sheen, John Burke, and then the other thing that really, like one of the signs, because I didn't really know what to look for. And that's what I really am grateful for your podcast for, for the how to look for signs and what to watch for and how to ask for it. And I loved the book by Laura Lynn Jackson, Signs, loved that one. Friends, do you want to get daily guidance from your spirit team, but just don't know how to tune in? Or maybe you've been trying to hear your intuition, but you feel like you're not hearing anything back. Or maybe you're hearing something back, but you don't know if it's your spirit team or not. Let me teach you all of this and more in my brand new four-week course called Be Your Own Angel Messenger. I'm running this class live September 18th. And if this resonates with you, it's because your angels are trying to teach you how to tune into this information so they can guide you more directly in your life and so that you'll feel more confident following your heart. It all begins September 18th. Be sure to check out the VIP ticket for smaller group lessons. Just a reminder that annual paying members get this course and the VIP ticket free as a perk. Become an annual member before September 17th and receive this course free as part of your annual paying angel membership. Find a link to more info in the show notes below. Now let's get back to the show. So I went back to work far too soon after she died and I worked weird shifts, different days. I'd had to drive 45 minutes to work and I was grieving and I was just in such a depressed mode. Just, I mean, I would work till the wee hours. Sometimes I'd get home and then I can't sleep. So then you finally go to sleep and then you sleep till the cows come home and then you go from the bed to the couch and you're just like, waiting for the clock to tick so you can get ready to go to work again. It was like this vicious cycle. But when I went back to work, I kept, it was real subtle, but I would be like, did I just smell flowers? What is that? I mean, I would be even in my car with the windows closed and I'd get this whiff of flowers. And I'd be like, what is that? So I've talked to various people and I went online and I'm, I'm, I'm told it could be a sign of a loved one nearby or an angel nearby. And I'm like, so I had this woman who cleaned my house for me from time to time. And she, she had a daughter who had addiction issues and she really thought I was her angel because I was the one that got her daughter to got her to get her daughter in and got her into treatment and everything. And she said, I saved her daughter's life. And anyway, so she would come and clean for me. And I just, I couldn't even face her. I, you know, you isolate after something like this happens. You don't want to see people because you just don't know what to say. They don't know what to say. But one day she came to clean and she had brought her daughter along with her. And I had allowed myself in to go to, into my daughter's room for one of the first times. And I had just leaned into her clothes and just 
smelled and it was like just because she always smelled so good you know and um so then my nicole was my housekeeper's name and she said i told her that and she said i'm glad you went up there and did that she said and you know holly i have to tell you this she said because she was like the first one at the funeral the first one at the wake she said i have to tell you this weird thing and she said i know your daughter always smelled so so good because i cleaned her room and whatever and she said the weirdest thing was you know, for about two or three weeks after she died, all I kept smelling was flowers. And I was like, me too. And she yeah. said, right, Rosalind, she, her daughter, she said, even we were even at a Packer game and, around all these other people and I could smell flowers and Rosalind never could smell it. And I, same with my husband and my daughter, my other daughter, I said, do you guys keep smelling flowers? And they're like, no. So I thought, well, because I thought maybe it was in my nose still from the funeral and from all the flowers that we were getting, but I I wasn't even around flowers and I was smelling them. So that was that was kind of a cool thing. So um, I have this friend, Marie, and she comes every summer and she and her husband and they have a house on the lake on Lake Michigan and a beautiful beach. And um, she wasn't able to get here for Catherine's funeral, but she came a few weeks later. And she said, anytime you want to walk on the beach, just let me know. I said, okay. So maybe a month later or so, um, I decided to send her a text. So I pull up Marie on my phone and um, I send a text. You know, I'm, I'm really feeling a, a walk on the beach today. Um, would that work for you? Or something to that effect. And a little bit later, I get a text back. And it says, you know, um, a beach walk does sound quite lovely, but I think you might have the wrong person. And I'm like, oh, okay, I'm sorry. So I, I clicked out and then, and then I started to think about it. And I thought, wait a second. I did talk to a Marie who was one of Catherine's friends like five years earlier. They were in nursing school together. And when Catherine first went away to treatment, she had to give her phone up. And so she gave her phone to me. And her phone was blowing up with all of her school friends texting, where are you? What are you doing? And I remember I responded to one of them. Oh, that's what the girl said to in the, in the message. She said, all I have you in my phone is as Catherine's mom. So that's why I was like, how does she have to be as Catherine's mom, Marika? So it got me thinking. I was like, oh, my God. So I texted her back and I said, might this be Marie, the Marie that was in Catherine's nursing school class? She said, yeah, we talked on the phone. And I said, yeah, but it was, it wasn't my phone that we talked on. It was Catherine's phone. So I'm like, okay. And she had the most wonderful things to tell me about Catherine, how she was such a great team player. And she was how hard she tried and how she, she knew that she had struggled with alcohol and how Catherine used to always say, I wish I could do better. And she felt bad for us. And it was like, it was like Catherine was sending a message to me through her because I had totally forgotten about her. And then it turns out we've probably crossed paths because she did go on to finish her nursing. And um, we had, you know, maybe worked in the same places or kind of had some common things. So that was weird how I thought I was texting my friend Marie. And it turns out I was texting Catherine's friend's friend Marie who had me in her phone as Catherine's mom, but I never put her in my phone as far as I can remember. That's I was talking wild. to her. Yeah, that was one of the coolest things. And then another, I don't know how much time we have left, but another thing that happened, I, my friends were really good to me when, 
they were trying to their hardest to help me just you know, grab me and come on, let's go for coffee or let's go get our nails done or let's you know, come on, let's do this. So I met a woman at the coffee shop that, and it's not the coffee shop that I usually go to, but this one was close and whatever. So I met her there and we were chatting about everything and she's a real spiritual person. Her name is Sharon. So I'm at this coffee shop with my friend, Sharon, and I see out of the corner of my eye, cause you know, they have these stuffed chairs and you can see people coming and going and going up to the counter and getting their coffee and whatever. So I saw a woman that I recognized. I didn't say anything, but I thought to myself, Oh yeah, she used to play soccer with my other daughter. Her kids used to play soccer. So then I was continuing to talk to Sharon. Well, then, Next thing I knew, the woman was gone. But then a few minutes later, she was standing right in front of us. And Sharon knew her. So she stood up and gave her a big hug. And she said, Holly, do you know Lisa? And I said, you know, I remember you from back way back when, when our kids were little. And she said, yeah. And she said, so I stood up and Sharon told me, well, Lisa's lost a son. And I was like, oh, wow, I'm so sorry. And she said, I've been meaning to call you, she said to me. She said, I've been, I've been wanting to talk to you. I said, okay. And then she pulls this thing out of her pocket. Oh, I thought I had it still sitting here. But there are these solace cards that she developed and made. It's this beautiful packet. And it's made for parents of um, children who died by suicide. But it, it pertains to any parent who's lost a child. So she, she's like, I said, well, did you know I was going to be here today? she said no I said well that's bizarre you know so she said oh no that's divine that's definitely divine she said I've been thinking about you I've, I've had these cards with me I've wanted to give them to you and here you are and so that's just another connection you know I just I just love stuff like that those are just a few oh okay so these are really cool things too the the night of her wake there was a huge double rainbow in the sky and people sent me tons of pictures. Same thing happened on her birthday last year and also on the anniversary of her death last year. And then also that what I've noticed is I see Cardinals all the time. Not only do I see them, I hear them. So I know, I know their sound and I'm, I can be anywhere and I'm always hearing Cardinals. And I'm always seeing butterflies. And that was one of our things because her first piano recital when she was five years old was called I'm a Little Butterfly. And so, and in fact, I had one engraved on her headstone. Um, but one more thing, one more thing. This was really cool. I was out in Palm Springs with family, my husband, two of his sisters and their husbands and one of his brothers and his wife. So there are four couples. And we were playing golf one day. The guys were playing one course and we were playing on a different one. And I kept seeing feathers everywhere. And we were talking about Catherine a lot because they were all her aunts. And I maybe dropped the F-bomb once or twice on the golf course. And they were like, Catherine, now don't listen to that, you know, and everything. Like this. <laughs> so anyway, and the clouds were beautiful. And you know, you're in the desert, so there's not many trees. And so you can see the sky so perfectly. So we were on... We were on the green, forgot what hole we were on, but we were down on the green to putt and our carts were still up on the cart, uh, the cart path, which was up a ways. So um, I kept, I looked up and I saw this most magnificent cloud that you've ever seen. And I'm looking at it and I'm looking at it. And the more I looked at it, the more it looked like this 
huge angel with wings and like like somebody with their arms outstretched and like it was it was just unbelievable and I said Chris do you see that my sister and I didn't tell her what I saw and she goes oh my god she goes look at the hair look at that's her hair and then my other sister-in-law piped up and went, oh my god and look at how her dress flows out behind and and my other sister-in-law goes even the profile so it was this humongous angel cloud and it was like here I am I'm not gone I am flying high up here that so that's beautiful yeah it gave me a lot of peace Holly, did you post that one in our Facebook group, the free one, the Angels and Awakening Podcast Tribe on on Facebook? I may have. I think I, because I saw that. It was just stunning. Yeah. Yeah. I'll, I'll post and it And you couldn't again. mistake it. It was yeah. just. I know. And, 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 you know, you don't, because I showed it to other people and I'm like, is it just me? Is it just me seeing this? And they're like, no, no, I see it too. I yeah. see it too. Holly. I really feel the presence of your daughter wanting to come through to just talk about how much you're using what happened to help others, I think now and in the future. And you're really feeling that calling within your heart um, to help. She also says that her sister feels this too, um, to some degree, and that it is those callings of our heart that we can't ignore because they're going to be there five, 10, 15 years down the road. And this is so wild, but I'm in the middle of writing my next book and who knows uh, when it'll come out because I've heard that, you know, once you get a contract with a publisher, it can take two years for, for it to come out. But I was doing some research and I was flipping through some of these older books that I have from college. And uh, I'm actually, I'm just going to pull it out right here right now. So in the back of this book, I found some notes that I had written. Um, now this was 23 years ago, right? And I wrote down this, I could be America's journalist of the soul and start my own magazine. This is pre-blogs. Wow. This is pre-podcasts. This is, you know, where magazines were the only way that I could think of getting the stories of the soul out. And so that's what like your daughter just took, uh, Catherine took it from my mind and like handed it to you. And this is for everybody listening to the things that are calling to your heart. Now, from the time that I wrote this to the time that I really started pursuing that was 13 years. And, you know, every time I, I say this story or, or hear this, um, it kind of breaks my heart a little bit because I feel with my egoic mind, like that's 13 years that I lost, that I could have been getting this message out, pursuing it, learning uh, in order to become the teacher. And Spirit always says, nope, Julie, we knew this was going to be the plan all the time. I am a stubborn Capricorn goat. They knew that ahead of time. Um, <laughs> but just to show that truly what calls to your heart isn't going to go away. You can be stubborn goat Capricorn like me and delay it 5, 10, 15, 20 years, but it's still going to be there that, because that's 
what's wanting to be created and, and birthed through you? A lot of things have been coming my way. Um, people have been coming back into my life who have who were really special. They're back in my life now. Um, and my work, my supervisor's supervisor sent me a message. She heard that I was thinking about doing some public speaking and talking about what happened because I now feel that it's my story and yeah. it's not because before it wasn't my story and now it is. And she offered to have me interviewed for our local newspaper in our hospital because I work for our hospital, our medical center. We have a section and, and there's a health and wellness section. And she offered to have me interviewed for to tell my story or to start to tell my story, especially since National Drug Awareness Week or something is coming up at the end of August. And it's, it just so happens to coincide with they're, they're going to be um, opening up a whole new AODA uh, counseling center. It's much many more services are going to be offered for that. So it could kind of dovetail together or yeah. get weaved yeah. into the story somehow. So yeah, a lot of things are happening. I went to this fabulous presentation presentation and they showed a video called dead on arrival if you ever get a chance to see it you can find it on youtube and it's all about the effects of fentanyl and how the devastating effects that it can have on innocent people and innocent families uh, and it comes out of nowhere and one pill can kill and that's mm -hmm. the message that yeah. people don't know what they're taking and they're being fooled by their dealers yeah. and it's it's sad and I know it's cliche, but if I could help one person to not have to go through this, it will be worth it. A hundred percent. What Catherine's coming through saying too, is just that you have that story. That story is most definitely yours. And um, she'd like for you to be, and I'd love for you to be back on the podcast to talk about maybe more towards parents who have lost a child, how to connect with them, how to find that, that deeper connection, how you, how you do even survive, right? Um, that, so if you'd be willing, I'd love for you to send me an email over at the Julie Jancis at gmail.com and we'll get another one of these scheduled. Absolutely. I yeah. would be honored. I would be more than honored. You've really helped me um, get through some tough times. So again, thank you so much. Mm, thank you. Thank you. And we'll be connected. Um, to everybody listening, if you have an angel story, we would love to tell it on the show. You can email it over to us or you can use the contact form on our website, theangelmedium.com. Love you, friends. Love you, Holly. Love you too. Thank you so much. You're so welcome. Beautiful soul, thank you so much for joining me today. My name's Julie. You know I'm all about connecting you with messages from your angels and loved ones on the other side. If you've been listening today and you're super excited and just have to know which angels are around you right now, who's connecting with you, and what messages they have for you, go to theangelmedium.com. Register for a session. You can do a reading with me or a member of my team. We're all incredible. We all talk to angels daily, and we can help you in making sure that your angels are doing the very best they can to support you and guide you to your best life. 
If this sounds like you, virtual sessions, they're only offered on my website. Sign up today. And if you're the person who's really excited, you're ready to go all in developing all of your unique spiritual gifts, growing your intuition, starting your own healing business, you can sign up for my Angel Reiki School to become a certified angel messenger. That's for the healers among us who feel called to grow their intuition to the max and serve humanity with their gifts. You'll learn Reiki, mediumship, how to deliver angel messages, and how to get clients. That's the Angel Reiki School at theangelmedium.com or DM me on Instagram at Angel Podcast with any questions. Before you go, connect with your angels by placing your hands on your heart. Take a deep breath. Imagine a doorway filled with God's unconditional love is right in front of you. Step into that love and feel it as it fills your body, chakras, and auric field. Now ask your angels, what would you have me know today? And open yourself to the positive, loving messages they have just for you. <laughs> 